0: We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church.
1: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome. Uh, we're going to do scripture reading, Acts 2, 1 through 4. Follow along as I read. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly, There came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributing themselves. And they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit was giving the utterance. So we now turn to him 242, Pentecostal power, I love this. Lord, send the old time power, the Pentecostal power, thy floodgates of blessing on us throw open wide. Lord, send the old time power, the Pentecostal power, that sinners be converted and thy name glorified. Let's stand. Plaster a smile on your face that's genuine and true, and would you greet one another, go.
0: Welcome to First Baptist Church. We are grateful that you are here. If you are a guest with us this morning, we would love to get to know you, and the way we do that is through these cards. They're Connect Here cards in the pew back in front of you. We would love for you to fill one of these out and put it in the offering plate at the end of the service. Um, Another that you need to be aware of is on the back of these cards. There are some multicolored lists there, and these are the things that we expect of our church members. That if you're a part of this church, this is what we hope and expect of you. So I hope to take time to, to look through that as well and commit to, to our God in those ways. So we're, we're grateful to, to gather together. Today is the Lord's day that we offer unto Him, and we recognize that today is Pentecost Sunday, the day that we honor the coming of the Holy Spirit, that we recognize that the Spirit of our loving God is alive and well today. The Spirit of God is still moving and doing the things that the Spirit has always done. And so we hope for and we long for the Holy Spirit to be at work in this very place. And so that's our prayer as we worship and as we leave. So let's continue in worship in that way uh, in prayer. Lord, we are grateful that you did not leave us abandoned, but upon the ascension You sent Your Spirit to be a loving and holy guide. And so, Lord, this morning we praise Your name and we thank You for the work of the Spirit that in this church and in our hearts we would recognize the mighty work that You have done all along the way, preparing the way forward, showing us the way ahead strengthening our hearts, making us your own, sealing us with the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We worship you in spirit and in truth together. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Last week, Aaron reminded us of the law of our Lord through Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It's, It's one that we don't often get to because of that. However, in our study of the Ten Commandments, we are going to work through all of Psalm 119 together and let Psalm 119 pierce our hearts and transform us in the power of the Word. And so we're going to read together Psalm 119, starting in verse 17 uh, down through 32. And this is our scripture reading for the service. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold the wonderful things from your law. I'm a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all times. You rebuke the arrogant and the cursed you wander, who wander from your commandments. Take away reproach and contempt from me, for I observe your testimonies. And even though princes sit and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have told of my ways and you have answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts so I will meditate on your wonders. My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove the false way from me and graciously grant me your law. I've chosen the faithful way. I've pledged your ordinances before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Do not put me to shame. I shall run the way of your commandments, for you will enlarge my heart. May God bless the reading of his word.
1: I look at the, the hymns throughout the week before I get up here, and I, I notice certain wordings and things that may make me think. Open my mouth and let me... Bear gladly the warm truth everywhere, warm truth. Uh, The other part here is place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. What is this warm truth and what is this wonderful key? I think there are wonderful or beautiful ways to to show how Jesus is the key and he is the warm truth that sets us free from sin, that unshackles ourselves from that sin. Uh, it's just all part of his wonderful plan to get to to save us and to get us to dine with him in heaven when it's time when it's our time i just love this so let's stand and sing 502 and sing about this warm truth think about this as you're singing go ahead and stand
0: Okay? me squeeze right in there. Oh, they're coming. They're coming. So good to have you. Come on down. We're so grateful that you're here. And we're grateful for our TV congregation that you could tune in this morning and be with us. You're a big part of who we are. All right. Come on in, guys. It's good to see everybody. Somebody else is going to be doing the children's sermon today. You, you ready? All right, come on down. Yeah, yeah, come on in. Come on, following in. So, um, I want everybody to look this way, all right? Who, who is talking to you now? Come on. No, 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 it's, it's not Chris. Who's talking to you right now? A mustache guy. A mustache guy, is that right? Is this, is this mustache guy that's talking to you right now? Yeah. Yeah, kind. Of, this is this is mustache. Okay, let, let me do let me do this. What if I do like this? Who's talking to you now? A snowman. A st- well, y'all were quick on the snowman. Look at that. That was good. I, I uh, said it. But. You said it for a good good job. All right. So this is this is not Chris. This is the snowman talking to you now. Okay, right. What what if I uh, put this on and put this on? Who's talking to you? A guy. Okay, yeah. That, your dad? No, that's not your dad. Yeah, that, then I'm construction worker. What if I do this and this and do do all of this together? What if I do and put like the, the mustache on the, if I can get it on there, on the snowman? Who, who's talking to you now? A snowman. a snowman, mustache man, construction worker guy, is that right? That, that's his job is to be a construction working snowman? Well, that would be a wonderful job to do, wouldn't it? To be, but no, let me ask you. So all of those times, even when I was like holding this up, who was really talking to you? you were any, were, were any of you fooled? Were any of you fooled that this was not me that was talking to you? Be honest. Did everybody, did everybody know? Yeah, it was just, it was just me, wasn't it? It was so obvious for us to be able to see it was just me. Now, one of the things that I want you to pay, pay attention to in the sermon, I want you to listen very carefully in the sermon for this. Today in the sermon, we're going to talk about imposters, right? People that kind of dress up like something else, or they pretend to be somebody else. And so sometimes there's all kinds of things in our lives that aren't what they seem to be. And so some of those things are people that dress up like God, and they think they're God. I want you to listen for who those are. Sometimes what we do is we take these kinds of things and we put them on things and we make them look like God. They put like this little God costume on them. But even if they are wearing a God costume or they say they are God, that doesn't mean they are God, does it? We need to listen to our scriptures and we need to pray to our God so we know exactly who He is and what He looks like. So we are not fooled by any costumes or imposters of our God. Okay, so I want you to listen real carefully in the sermon for all of those things that sometimes fool us about who God is and who we should worship. Okay? All right, let's pray together and we'll go. Lord, we thank you for this time together. And we thank you that you are a genuine God who loves us dearly. And we pray that all of us would be able to see clearly who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. So.
1: all right we're about to sing hymn 263 just look for your cues to sing i'll i'll point at you when you sing okay i'll even cut you off as well Uh, let's stand
0: you you may sit we're going to stand in just a second you may do either way <laughs> you know we we do have this this awkward situation that now we are only doing a verse a week that when we read together Um, It is very quick, and that'll be the same today because we have just started our sermon on the Ten Commandments. So we're used to reading a long section of text uh, in this time studying a whole chapter together. But in this study of the Ten Commandments, we're going to do essentially a commandment a week. And and sometimes it's just going to be a few words a week uh, that we'll read aloud together. So we're going to do that. But just so you're aware... We've also called the church to memorize this. If we're only going to be doing about a verse a week, we can memorize the text. So for the next 13 weeks, we expect you to have all of this memorized that we're studying together. So today, you should have Exodus 20, 1 through 3 memorized. And if you haven't yet, we can, we can probably do that pretty quickly. Uh, you can probably do that even while you're listening to the sermon. Uh, but let's stand and let's read our text for the day. It's Exodus 20, verse 3. This then is the text for today. You shall have no other gods before me. May God bless the reading of his word. It's so quick. (laughs) There are imposters that surround us. In fact, it's frightening how often we encounter frauds. On the phone... There are scammers who pretend to be your terrified son. Or on the phone, you get a call from a disgruntled IRS agent. See, imposters, they they put on scrubs and pretend to be a nurse. Or they they put on a DEA t-shirt they bought at the mall and they knock down the door. It's, It's a shame. But the world is full of imposters demanding our attention. And they hope we never recognize them them for for what they are. And those that do, they, they hope that we don't really care about what they're doing. But these imposters, they devastate. See, imposters devastate life. And many of them claim to be God as much as they claim to be important people. There are always these God imposters conspiring to steal our heart. There always have been. There there always will be. That's that's why we get this word in our text for today. And these imposters who claim to be God should be met with the same righteous anger as those phone scammers are. You see, in the ancient world, there were um, gods like Baal, the ancient Canaanite storm god. And Israel often flirted with him. It was tragic but common that Israel would stumble upon some God from somewhere else, and they would cozy up to it like, like this new God was some kind of super bonus God that would give them another leg up in this life. And their, their minds would wonder, that what, what could this new God do? How could this new God add to the God that we know? And so they, they would imagine and they would, they would think up something within themselves like th- this new God would be able to, to fertilize or bring the rains more so than Yahweh could. And they would think, why not? Why, why could we not just worship both of these, God and Baal, or God and, and whoever? It, it can't hurt if we worship both of them. It's just like a good insurance policy. If one fails, maybe the other will come through. But Elijah, he knew. He knew that these imposter gods were devastating on life. And, and he knew Baal was one of these. He was an imposter god like many imposter religions. And they are a sham producing a wake of broken people because that's what imposters do. Their, their falsehood falls apart and they leave a wake of broken people behind them. Imposters, all of them. Imposter gods, imposter religions, wherever we may find them. And so Elijah, he challenged the 450 prophets of Baal to a showdown. And so these 450 prophets, they came in praying to this impostor God. They sacrificed and they, they were screaming, they were beating themselves. And as scripture notes, nobody heard them. No, no one answered, no one paid attention to these 450 prophets. Elijah even mocked them wondering if Baal was a God who took long naps while abandoning his people. See, Baal was an impotent impostor. He wasn't any more of a God than the ant you stepped over getting to the car this morning. When, when God says, you shall have no other gods before me, we need to recognize this. God isn't, isn't coming to us out of some sort of holy insecurity. Right? God, god is not telling us this because he has control issues and wants to control us. God is telling us to have no other gods before him because everyone else and everything else is an imposter that will fall apart all of these generic gods that that surround us, whatever they are, gods, religions, gurus, and there's still even people today claiming to be the Messiah. And all of them are conspiring together to steal your heart and your soul. And though often we look past the imposters, the scam remains, even still today. You know, we we say and, and we tell ourselves that we would never fall for a scam like this we would never fall for an impostor we we can see through those things like a mustache on a snowman we can see through it but the right enticement on the wrong day and we will fall for it all of us you know even in our church office we've been inundated with fake emails and 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 we know it but occasionally one of us bites on them the right circumstance on the wrong day and we fall You see in the ancient world there there were two primary things that were the right circumstance that led them to fall. There were two things that were the right circumstance that that helped them chase after these other gods. Now one of the circumstances that they found found themselves longing for was convenience. And this is similar to insurance. Or maybe this is what the insurance thought provides where they would worship Yahweh as God and they would claim him as God, but then someone would grab them and say, come over and worship Baal with us, and they would just go right along with whoever it might be. And they'd say, you'd be covered if you worship both. And so your crops will be covered, and whatever else they might promise that day, it'll be covered. And it all sounds convenient convenient. And when it's convenient, we're willing to fall for it. When, when, when it takes away the sorrow, when it takes away the pain of this worth, when, when, when these gods would promise to rid your life of sorrow that no god can promise, they fell. They fell for that convenience. You see, this, this is the same sort of trap we still fall into. We seem to worship anybody who will offer us convenience. And when our God, the God of the Scriptures, becomes a suffering servant and it all gets too inconvenient, we find somebody else to worship. So that was one of the circumstances, convenience. Another circumstance that Israel would often find themselves in when they would chase after other gods was sexual indulgence where temple uh, prostitutes and illicit behavior was encouraged to express yourself spiritually, they would chase after it. They would go and worship Yahweh and then say, well, why not go and see a temple prostitute at another uh, temple? And it it was all a hoax. And, And God tried to warn Israel all along the way. Repeatedly, God was saying, beware of this. But they wouldn't listen. And you see, after a few thousand years, you would think we would have learned but we keep chasing after the same kinds of God and. God in convenience. God in sexual indulgence. Whatever it might be. We, we hope that, that our open minds to all of these things will bring about some kind of eternal peace. But we need to understand something. The, the only eternal peace comes from our Lord above. And in fact, the, the only way to that kind of peace is initiated through our God. Not through any impostor. And in fact, the right relationship with God that leads to any kind of peace through suffering, any kind of peace through anxiety, the the only way that we, we make it there and make it on the other side is through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. In fact, if anybody else, or if anybody claims in this world to tell you something different than that, something different than Jesus Christ, they are an imposter a wolf in sheep's clothing. You know, there are, there are other imposters too. Ideals or concepts we unwittingly cloak in divine costume. They didn't want to be. In fact, they, they still don't want to be, but we worship them as gods. E- even good things, good things in this life we begin to worship as gods. Things like wealth, family, theological systems. We hold them up and we lift them up above and beyond God and we worship. These are good things, good things of life that were meant to guide us into deeper relationship with Jesus Christ and we bow down to the gift rather than the giver. You know, we can can worship any good thing and any good thing can become sinful, deeply sinful as we begin to worship it and elevate it above our God. See, for many people, maybe even for many of us here, it, it's, it's something like career. That we would do absolutely anything for our career. Whatever the, the, whatever the best thing for me to do for that next promotion, that is decidedly what's best for all of us. It, whatever is best on Monday through Friday becomes completely separate from what you do on Sunday. And for the paycheck, for the paycheck, you will wake up at the crack of dawn. For the the paycheck, you will work yourself tired working 12 hours a day. For the paycheck, you will obediently do anything that you're asked to do. All the while, we can hardly spare a Sunday morning for God. Life is backwards like that that we would do absolutely anything for the sake of our career, absolutely anything for the sake of our family, or absolutely anything for the sake of a paycheck, and we haven't found a single opportunity to follow Jesus Christ in months. Now, all of these are good things that we're talking about here, wealth, children, even politics, but when we dress them up like God, one of us is an imposter, and neither of us end well. Now, one of the immediate remedies for having other gods in your life is to commit to follow Jesus Christ anywhere and everywhere. It would be perfect for us this morning to say that we're going to commit to be completely obedient to Jesus Christ this day. And as we step forward through this day and we step into Monday, we are going to be completely obedient as we step into Monday. See, Jesus is Lord over Monday as certainly as he is Lord over Sunday. And for us, that means asking the question, how can we be obedient to Christ in all of it? Over everything. How, how is Jesus calling you to love this week? Who is Jesus calling you to love this week? How, how is Jesus Christ calling you to be generous? There, there's moments of obedience all through the week. Simple things if we would, but listen, Where Jesus is saying, follow me forward and I will show you the way through this life. How is Jesus calling you to patience? There are things that Christ is teaching us to build our character and mold us into the people that God has called us to be. He's, like he's teaching us things like patience. How is he teaching us those things? He's there knocking at our office doors if we would but open. Now, tragically, the most convincing imposter is our very own flesh. Our flesh is like the Halloween costume of ourself. And, and we have this innate ability to imagine ourselves as the lone logical center of the universe. Right? And, if, and if I'm the lone logical center of the universe, then, then I am to be worshiped and adored and listened to above all others. And so what we do, and this is what our flesh teaches us to do, is that we note and we demand every whim of our emotions as necessary to the earth's rotation. And if we don't get what we want, we manipulate our own mental uh, state. We manipulate our own reason. We manipulate those around us to validate this little God that we've made ourselves into. And this little God that we've made ourselves into says to ourselves and anybody that will listen to us that we deserve every good thing and we deserve a lifetime of happiness when that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, when we start asking real questions like what it means to worship and where the heart of your worship lies. When we start asking these real questions, our, our own flesh puts, pushes back. That imposter doesn't like it. And so when, when we start looking back and, and, and looking back over our lives and asking the questions of worship, you're, you're, you're going to feel your flesh fight back. So when, when you ask the question, you think back over the last week. How did we worship over the last week? What, what occupied your mind the most over this last week? Where were your thoughts going? Where did you spend your most mental energy? That's a sign of who you're worshiping or what you're worshiping. Same thing, just kind of the external energy. When you think back over your last week, where, where were your energies going? The days that you were most tired, what were you doing? What were you doing? Sign of where, where our worship lies. We look back over our, our checkbook over the last month or the last week. Where did, where did, our, where did our money flow? It's a sign of our worship. We look back over our calendars. Look look over this last week. You had 168 hours in this last week. And as those break down, what did you worship? Where did you spend that valuable time that you can never get back? See, real, real questions like these begin to reveal what we worship and who we worship. You know what? Our imposter flesh says, you know, I can answer those questions however I want to answer those questions. I can do what, whatever I want to do. I have worked my life so that I, I deserve this. And I can ignore those questions or I can ignore anybody who seems to infringe on my freedom to answer those questions however I want to answer those questions. And that, that's, the, that's the way our flesh speaks out against it. And we are as much of a charlatan as a snake oil salesman. See, what what God is telling us all through the the Scriptures, and and specifically here in the Ten Commandments that we're studying all through the summer, what God is, is warning us against and the wisdom that he is sharing with us is that your flesh is a fraud. He's warning you. He's been warning you for thousands of years that your flesh is a fraud. And God has given you perfect wisdom from above and he's giving you perfect wisdom to follow all the way through. All the way through life. And anything else is an impostor. Anything that gets out of the confines of Scripture. Anything else that gets out of the confines of the Ten Commandments. That is an imposter, God. Something not to be worshipped. Something to be avoided. And in fact, the, the longer an impostor lingers. The more advanced their camouflage gets. They become harder and harder to spot in our, in our hearts. God's warning us that the the same impostors remain to this day and they need to be exposed for who they really are. The impostors that we find in our own hearts, the impostors that we find in our lives, they must be exposed for the frauds that they are. Because it's only then that we begin to worship the true Lord that's above. See, impostors steal our hearts. And the imposters that steal our hearts and our souls and our minds, they need to be met with the same kind of righteous anger as all those imposters who steal our money. Because we get all worked up when someone commits fraud against us. And we've been missing the greatest frauds that have been in our lives all along. Those gods we worship that steal our heart and our mind and our soul away from our Lord God above. Let's pray together. Lord, we are, we are grateful for this time. We recognize your word as truth. Your scripture as a, a holy book sent from you to be our guide. Lord, we pray that you would help us to recognize the imposters. Set them aside and know where salvation lies. Because there's been many who've tried to take the place of Jesus Christ and not one of them have proven themselves worthy. And so, as Christ was obedient to you unto death, even death on a cross, Lord, we will be obedient to you. We will follow you through the ends of the earth no matter what we have to face. And it it starts with this small moment of obedience at the table. And so, we take these elements faithfully following you wherever you go. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Deacons, begin to prepare the elements. As we do, there's a couple of things you need to note. Scripture reminds us that before we take of the elements, we need to remove these imposters from our lives and the things that we chase after in worship. That we need to take this with a pure heart. So we hope you do. We hope you take some time to to pray through this. Um, as we, we begin to, to take the supper together. But, but also remember and know that in in this space, we allow anybody that's a Christian um, to take of this, to take of this supper with us. You, you don't necessarily have to be a member of this church, but we do ask you to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And if that's so, you, you can take of this, uh, this bread and this cup with us. Because as we do this, th- there's this call of obedience from Jesus Christ to remember him in this way. In these simple elements, we go back to his suffering and we lean into the suffering of Christ knowing that it's through the suffering, the cross that we are made whole. And so we thank him, recognizing that he is our Lord above and we worship him and him alone. Deacons come and serve. Jesus took some of the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples he said take eat this is my body deacons come forward and serve the cup In the same way, Jesus Christ took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them. And this is what Jesus said Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful. Your sacrifice was the perfect remedy. It was a necessity for us. And you came. And Lord, we are forever grateful. And we will forever serve you for what you gave up on our behalf. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We're going to have our time of response now. Um... And like we, we normally do, uh, everybody in here is going to respond to God in, in some way in this time. You may look on your listening sheets. And on the bottom of your listening sheets, you'll see um, some options that you may want to respond to God in those ways. But there's also some other ways that you can respond. You can come, the altar is open. And you can come up to the front. And you can kneel at the altar and pray. That's what these are for. We need to We need to use them for that. You need to know too that, that I'm up here and Brian's here. We're, we'll, we'll pray with you. We'll be happy to pray with you up here. If you wanna join this church or, or come forward, this is the time to do it as we sing. This is also a time where we will lift up our voices in song and so we're gonna do that with all of our heart. And, and when this is done, we're, we're going to uh, worship through giving. We're gonna give joyfully. And so that, know that, that this is our time to respond to God and we're gonna do that obediently, not out of habit, but out of obedience to our Lord because He is good. And so if, if you need to stay seated to respond, you can do that, the rest of us. Let's stand and let us respond together.
1: prepare to receive our offering please consider the this prayer prompt as you move throughout the the week Uh, follow along as I read it thank you father for the gift of your spirit and the interior life we can now live with clarity conviction and boldness may your son living with and within us Amaze our community to ask, what shall we do? Empower us to plead with them to embrace Christ Jesus as Lord. Please continue to worship as we receive the offering.
2: Good morning church family. It is almost time for VBS. We are just a few weeks away and we are getting so excited for it. We are excited to share the gospel with kids that week all week long. We are going to be studying encounters with Jesus. So there's five different stories that we're going to be looking at with the kids about Jesus's life and the witnesses and the people that saw Jesus do those things. So we're going to help kids understand that, know that, and know that Uh, that the Bible is written today. Uh, It's written so that today we can know Jesus and we can trust him and believe in him. Um, For the kids, we have these little invite cards outside of all the services and outside the kids area. If you bring this card to VBS, you'll get a special prize at VBS. All you have to do is bring this card. If you invite someone and they bring this card and write your name on there, you'll get a prize for them coming, and your friend will get a prize. So you can get lots of prizes at VBS. Uh, And then also, parents, if you register your kids right now before VBS starts, we're gonna have a drawing on our family night celebration for a family pass to the San Antonio Zoo. So lots of good stuff, lots of fun that we're gonna have that week. Uh, We're gonna be praying for these kids now, so join us praying for them now uh, and praying that God would do mighty things that week. Uh, If you're a volunteer, want to volunteer, uh, or have questions about that, we have a meeting in about 20 minutes, uh, right upside in Web 212-214. And we're going to go over VBS and the different positions and different things that we need help with. And so uh, we would love to have
0: your help and love to see you there. And to be clear, that's VBS Jimmy, not Imposter Jimmy. So we 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 can believe him. So we can always believe VBS Jimmy. We're gonna go backwards in this. Charles and Virginia, could could you all stand for a second? We're gonna honor Charles and Virginia Colwell. This is their 70th wedding anniversary. (laughs) Charles, Virginia, we love you. Uh, we're grateful for you and the beautiful example of, of marriage that you have been to us. Um, you, you see in your bulletin, they were married here at First Baptist by Dr. Webb in 1949, 70 years ago. And so we are we're grateful. They, they've met here, baptized here. We're just thankful for who they are and how they've been a faithful example here. There have been times they've had to move away, but they are back with us. Um, 70 years of marriage. So married they were 22 now 92 and so beautiful. Well done. Thank you. Um, now let's turn our attention to our life together. Um, again kind of moving backwards you'll see FBC SA University. That, that is a time during VBS for you, uh, for our adults. So each night we have, a, we have a number of classes that are spread through the week um, that are brilliant. Wonderfully taught. They're they're a big part of of who we are, and you're going to love coming to those classes. So we hope you'll make time to be here for those adult classes that we have each evening as well. You can go online and see the list of all of those that you can choose from. Also, uh, this Friday, Friday June 14th, we're having Marriage in 3D. Like with the Colwells, we take marriage seriously here, and we support and we promote marriage in any way that we can. And one of the ways that we do that is Marriage in 3D where that's a date night for you. You go have a date with your spouse, you come back here, and here we'll have dessert together and we have a phenomenal speaker who's going to share about marriage and life with us. And so we hope you come and be a part of that. And one last thing tonight, I need you here at six o'clock tonight. If you remember, as a part of this transition process, we've talked about our future and understanding that God has three words for us moving forward in our future. To be repentant, which we've, we've worked through diligently and we will continue to do, uh, to witness and to disciple. So tonight we, be, we begin that conversation about what it means to be a witnessing church and how we're going to do that well and what that might look like. So it'll be an introduction uh, to that second term witnessing. And so I need you to be here. This is critical to our future together. So please come back tonight at six. We're gonna have a, a wonderful time together um, there as well. So thank you, we love you. Jesus, well done today. Um, We are grateful for you. Thank you, brother. Stand as we are dismissed.